You're listening to Career Homemakers. I'm Kim. If you're a homemaker looking to make your time at home more productive, fulfilling, and creative, this podcast is perfect for you. So let's get started. Well, this is the third in the series of Feeding Your Family. Today, we're going to talk about preparing meals, eating with our family, and cleaning up. Cooking and learning about food is one of the areas of homemaking that can be interesting and fun. There's a world of ingredients and dishes to try. Of course, all cooks have their favorites, but I encourage cooks to try new recipes. Continually learning keeps cooking interesting. Learn to cook at home what you love to eat out. For example, we love having Friday pizza night, so I learned to make pizza. Doing so has saved us money throughout the years for the ingredients and gas and electricity used. I have figured it costs one tenth of the cost of the pizza place we get pizza from. Thankfully, my family likes my pizza better than takeout. It's probably because I use quality ingredients with no mystery ingredients. I'm not maximizing profits as a business does. I'm giving my family a healthy meal. Well, you know, as healthy as pizza can be. So here's my recipe for the Griffin pizza dough. Three cups of bread flour, half a cup of sugar, one teaspoon of salt, one package of yeast, one cup of warm water, and three tablespoons of olive oil. Put the bread flour, sugar, and salt into the mixer. In a glass measuring cup, place one cup baby bottle temperature water with the yeast and let it sit for five minutes. Then pour into the flour mixture and then you add your olive oil. Use a dough hook and mix for five or so minutes, kneading until it is a smooth ball. Add a little flour if it's too sticky. The dough should not stick to the sides, okay? Then cover and let it rest for one hour. Note, you can make this by hand without a mixer as well. I'll have this recipe in the show notes. Use this dough for pizza rolls, calzones, and pizza of any size. This recipe makes a thick crust for a large 14-inch pizza. Generously oil the pan, roll out the dough, and place it in the pan. Fill with the desired cheese, sauce, and toppings. Place in a heated 400-degree oven for 12 minutes. Then place under the broiler for a couple minutes until the top is slightly browned and bubbling. Hint, don't walk away from the oven. Keep checking it for those couple minutes. We use sauces on top when served, like ranch or barbecue or franks or a combination. Sprinkle toppings can include red pepper flakes, Parmesan cheese, or Italian seasoning. 
for the crust because it's thick. We like kind of like a breadstick on the outside edge. We dip it into olive oil and salt. Toppings we use are pepperoni, sausage, meatloaf, cut meatballs, bacon, chicken, or ham. This is a great way to use leftover meats in your refrigerator. And when you add a ton of meat, it's more satisfying. You can also use vegetables like onions, peppers, sun-dried tomatoes, artichoke hearts, and pine nuts. These toppings are also great components for a calzone. Rub olive oil on top when making a calzone, and remember to oil your pan generously before you set your calzone on it to cook. And enjoy! My family is engaged in what I'm cooking or baking. We discuss what to cook and what they want to learn to make. For example, my husband said he wondered if we could try a marbled rye challah bread last night. I need to get some ingredients, but that should be a challenge. Because making food has been a part of our family life, each child has learned to cook. Each child had different interests and motivations for cooking. They are all excellent cooks. My goal was to show my children home cooks can try anything. Home-cooked meals have been a significant part of our family time. And my husband is my biggest fan. For most of our marriage, we have rarely eaten out. So if we wanted something special, I would learn to make it. I was glad to bless my family. Although it is a creative art, every meal cannot be creative and fun. The reality is, is that food needs to be on the table every night for a family. Each season, I found various things that worked for our ever-changing family's needs. Praying models for the children. When children aren't present, it's a good time for couples to pray together regularly. Good eating habits and manners are passed down from parent to child. Eating together is valuable family time. Now, I have a confession to make. We have one child left at home, and oh my, is it easier to sit in front of the television these days. But we really try to eat at the table several times a week because we can look in each other's eyes, we can talk about things without the television on, and it's it's an important family time. All right, cleaning up. Ha, the other thing that's really good about eating together at the table is cleanup happens. I don't know about you, but have you noticed that if everyone's watching a movie, which is really cool to do on Friday nights. Come on. That's part of entertainment, right? But the other nights, have you noticed that cleaning doesn't happen? Yeah, I've noticed that too. All right. Washing the dishes and cleaning the kitchen is a never ending task. I have many dishes because I tend to make meals from scratch. So much of what I'm cleaning is equipment. Examples, a food processor, a grater, measuring spoons, cups, mixers, whisks, large spoons, and spatulas. Add that to the pots and pans and mixing bowls, and then add that 
is the plates and the silverware and the cups and the serving spoons and serving pieces. It all adds up. Finally, all these things need to be cleaned and put away. I mean, many years and many times I do two loads of dishes a day. That's kind of the, the cost of making things from scratch. But boy, oh, making things from scratch sure tastes better. Through the years, I've trained our kids to help me with different parts of feeding our family. I realize they each have strengths and weak areas just like I do. I had one child who first put all the big pieces into the dishwasher, then the other dishes. He ran the dishwasher, which left what seemed like a whole sink full of dishes. Let's be honest, moms are fantastic at filling every little space in a dishwasher because we have learned this art. The teen who took the easiest route of doing dishes loved to shop. He had Heelys, which are tennis shoes with wheels at the bottom of them, allowing him to zoom around the store and get everything on the list. Now shopping was his strength, not doing dishes. On top of that, he's a frugal shopper looking at each item's price per ounce. Shopping frugally was his strength. I learned to hone in on his strength and let him off dish duty. And we were both much happier this way. His brother would do the dishes and on top of that would wipe all the counters without being asked. He was quick and efficient. And finally, <laughs> my last child doesn't like to touch dirty dishes, so she unloads them for me. But she bakes delicious desserts and helps me with cooking in the kitchen. Yes, she will have to get over this one day, but for now I'm giving her space to create in the kitchen because this is her strength. Use a family plan to map out who does what regarding these seven parts of feeding your family. When setting up your family plan, everyone should be required to help in some way. Introducing children to each task is good training, not only for the child, but also for the parent. Notice where family members do well and employ them in the part that fits them. Don't complain, but give them the benefit of the doubt. Some resistance is to be expected, but strong defiance may mean the child is still too immature to complete the task or just not well suited to do it. Match the child to the task. By matching the child to the task will not only benefit the family, but inspire confidence and self-sufficiency in the child. Who knew household chores could be so life-changing? It's a lot of work doing all seven steps of feeding one's family. Taking shortcuts works sometimes, but most of the time a homemaker spends a majority of the time making sure her family gets the food they need each month. This is a pretty big workout as is, but when there are certain diets and food sensitivities, it makes this job all the more difficult. At times, we make it even harder by comparing our food 
preparation skills to the Pinterest perfect meals, or even our neighbors. Process of feeding our families is a huge and sometimes underappreciated task, one that may bore us or frustrate us. Be encouraged. We will be covering our attitude towards feeding our family next. We can become bored or even frustrated with how much work it is to feed a family. It's one of our main jobs and it's more important than some other chores. All this work is to sustain those in our household physically. I have adult children and they take care of themselves these days, but they wouldn't have made it if I didn't feed them nutritious food three times a day for 20 years. It's a huge responsibility and we must attend to it several times a day. So how do we get our hearts right so we don't burn out? We must address heart issues that keep us from doing our best with a loving and cheerful attitude. One of those issues is boredom. We get bored with routines, recipes, and food choices. Routines are set up for life to run smoothly, but they can get tiresome. Sometimes we need to take a break from a routine or even one facet of a routine. For example, grabbing lunch or dinner at the park instead of eating at home is a treat. The time you would usually spend doing dishes, you can let the kids play or take a walk since everything is served in throwaway containers. Recipes your family loves are used over and over, but sometimes we get bored with our recipes. When this happens, it's time to browse through recipes online or in recipe books to get some fresh ideas. We eat differently than we did 20 years ago, but it's because I would try something new when I was bored. So don't look at your boredom as a bad thing. On the contrary, it's good to keep your food offerings fresh and up to date with the new types of food combinations and ingredients as they come available. Food choices can also get boring because we get into the habit of picking up the same groceries or going to the same restaurants. Why? Because it's safe and we know we will like it. But as with recipes, you can get bored getting in and out every time. Imagine that, right? Try a new food place. Ask what's most popular and ask what the server or cashier likes best on the menu. Likewise, do the same in the grocery store. Ask the meat department what they like, or try a new vegetable, cracker, or ice cream. Stretch your family's taste buds a little. Frustration can also set in. There are many causes of frustration. Some examples from my own experience have been, I don't know what to fix at dinner. I have a messy kitchen. I don't have ingredients for a meal. I don't have enough energy to make dinner. Feeling the constant need of hungry people in your home or people are sometimes not thankful for what you have served. The sheer time it takes to feed your family can be frustrating. Following these steps that I've talked about in the last few episodes, 
can eliminate many of our frustrations. First, you will have a food plan and groceries. You will know what to serve each night. And when your kitchen is clean, it's easier to make food. But sometimes we fall off the wagon because of depression or a surgery or having a baby or another crisis. One thing I implement into these times is single-use dishes. By this, I mean paper plates, cups, napkins, tumblers for snacks, yogurt or applesauce. I do anything not to have as many dishes to take away the burden of this task. Figure out what is frustrating you. Pray about it. Talk it over with your spouse, mother, or a close friend and try to devise solutions. Not every plan works for every season, so make adjustments when needed, even if it's just temporary. When you remove boredom and frustration, we can joyfully meet this need in your family. We set the tone in our household. A wife and a mom lightens her family with her joyful service. So work for a joyful attitude. It's worth it. Make a point of it today. Feeding your family is a huge responsibility. And as we talked about our strengths and weaknesses in performing these tasks, I hope you found a few of these suggestions helpful in providing food for your family by making it more manageable and pleasant. Like a casserole dish that needs to get soaked sometimes, we need to soak in God's word and cry out for insight. And he will satisfy you. He will show you what to do. Commit this task of feeding your family to God. Pray about it each day as you move through the steps. Find and delegate each family member's strength and use your family plan. Let me pray. Dear Lord, we love you. We are so thankful for our families. You have given them to us. Our children are a gift from you. Our husbands are a gift, and we are truly thankful for them. Please help us to not get bored or frustrated, but to serve our family in love. Give us the ideas we need to serve our family good food. In Jesus' holy and precious name, amen. I'm so glad you listened today. I hope you were encouraged for you are not alone in your homemaking career. I'm your host, Kim Griffin. Thanks for listening and have a goal-oriented, creative, and satisfying week.